With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We're standing here talking to Christos Andrews from the Bay, the series. And uh, he is fresh off his appearance at Acme Comedy Club. Um, Christos, uh, what is the difference between the Bay, the series, working on that, and doing something like Acme? Wow, that is... Well, it's completely different. Uh, this I had no idea what to expect at all. I was I had myself pacing before the show, like how's it gonna be? How's it gonna be? Uh, what's gonna happen? I don't know. And then with the bay, it's like something you can actually prepare for. You know where you're coming from mentally, what your objective. We're standing here talking. Good evening, everyone. This is a special edition of Media Night Radio. As you all know, I will be interviewing Sean Christian from the uh, hit daytime drama, Days of Our Lives. So fans know him as Dr. Daniel Jonas on the daytime drama, Days of Our Lives. Before Sean appeared on our screens as Dr. Daniel Jonas, a.k.a. Dr. Hottie, Sean is remembered for his characters in Numerous primetime shows such as Beverly Hills 90210, Becker, Charm, CSI, Friends, Will and Grace, and the list goes on. In his latest project, Spanners, Sean not only stars but co-directs and is the executive producer on the independent film. He will also be starring in the feature film Mating Dance opposite Chris Pine and stars opposite John Hawks in Small Town Saturday Night. Let's welcome Sean Christian to the airwaves. Hi, Sean. Hello, what's happening? <laughs> Not much. Hi. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you very much, yes. It is a beautiful, gloomy day here in in California as we sit yeah, here. That means it's what I like to call just fireside weather. Just sit by a fire, grab a glass of wine, and be good to go. Or bourbon, Jack, whatever you need. That sounds really good. Uh, okay, well, well, uh, let's get started. What was it like growing up in Michigan, and how is it different than Los Angeles? <laughs> oh, my gosh, like uh, night and day. Um, yeah, I, I did not grow in anything remotely like Los Angeles. Um, it was a much, much smaller town. Uh, thankfully, more community. Just you know, you, I guess you know, normal childhood where people just play in, with the neighborhood. We have a lot next to our, like a sand lot next to the house where we play all sorts of sports depending on the year. Um, and really, you know, all your family and friends live within blocks, so it's just everybody's right there. I mean, not too far away. And now, um, I don't have any immediate family who lives here in Los Angeles. However, here's an interesting story. The kid I grew up with, the kid who lived across the street, like my best friend, we would play in the sandlot together for years. 
um, lives now in Los Angeles. Um, I hadn't talked to him for years, and when I lived in New York over a decade ago, I saw him in a random um, uh, bar, restaurant in New York City. I'm like, oh, my God, Scott, Sean, what are you doing? I'm like, get out of here. we got to get together. He did his thing. I did my thing, and then I get into Los Angeles. I'm here maybe a week, and I see him at another restaurant, and I'm like, Scott? And he's like, Sean, I'm like, all right, that's it. We're hanging out. So um, we both are relatively busy, but we do. We keep in contact. We try to hang out. I mean, certainly nothing like we hung out together in Michigan because that was like every day, you know. So it's a lot different that way. Um, whereas you see people and talk to people more often uh, as friends and neighbors, it seems as if in L.A. they're more business acquaintances for me than, say, you know, friends. And I have friends. Well, would you, like well, do you have Right. Well, did you have like a hangout that you had in Michigan where all the kids went, or is it something that you would just go to someone's house and and kind of just hang? Yeah, we would. It would be house parties where the mother and father were gone, and we, you know, trashed our house. Basically. You know what I mean? Like the parents are gone. Whose house is it going to be this weekend? That kind of thing. Um, yeah, was the, there was no one particular like diner or bar that we really hung out at. Um, it was like local places that people would pop in and out of. I think they're all gone now, to be honest with you. Oh, oh that, that, must be, that must be hard to go back there now and find it so different. Is it, is it tough on you? Yeah, it is a little different that way, yeah. Um, but, you know, now I have, you know, property on a private lake in Michigan, uh, in the backwoods. So uh, <laughs> I, can, I can go and get away, and um, it's awesome. And my parents live, you know, right there as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice family yeah. community. Right. Yeah. No, it's great. Okay. It's on a lake. It's in the backwoods. It's, it's, you know, it's a nice, great escape for me to go. And um, and I grew up there too because my grandparents were around there and everything else. So. Not as if it's just some random place. Um, but yeah, the house I used to live in, that, um, I guess it's, I think it's still there, but the, clearly the neighborhood's changed. And Michigan's struggling altogether, you know. Right, absolutely. As 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 is every place now that we oh, hear about. Your manufacturing towns and stuff, man. Absolutely. Uh, well, I was, this was really interesting to find out about you, but in your youth, you received the Congressional Medal of Merit for outstanding leadership in your community. Yeah. What, motivated, what motivated you as a youngster to take on that kind of responsibility and become like a key leader in your community? Let's be clear. I, you know, here's a file, you a funny story about that. I had no idea. This is when graduation and, you know, the principal's up on the podium. And, and it's funny because I'm sitting next to my best buddy and because we're like, look, dude, we got to enjoy this whole thing. Let's just hang out. We'll sit together and we swap seats and so we could be together. But then there's this whole, you know, the principal's up there. He's on the podium. He's going this litany of, you know, community leadership and engaged with the community and he's, he does things. And, he's, you know, uh, and we were both looking at each other and going, who is this ass kisser? We looked at each other and laughed, and all of a sudden my name was called. I'm like, oh, my gosh, wait a minute, that's me. And, you know, I, I have no idea where it has come from. I just, you know, I participated in all in, in most of the events that were in the community. 
Um, but it is nothing extraordinary. No. And I also think, I'm not sure, this has been translated throughout my resume and bio um, as either scholastic and congressional. And I don't know where it got mistyped, and I'm sure it has something probably to do with me. <laughs> I don't know. But um, even when I live in Chicago, people would ask me this question. But I do not believe it is a congressional. It is a scholastic. And uh, uh, Yeah, I don't. And look, to me, like I said, I don't even know. It's, I, just from participating in, in, in my community, this is where this thing, um, the origins of it. But uh, I do have it. You know, my mom has it. And, um, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's cool. Those little things like, oh, well, all right, I didn't really seek it. But nice to be acknowledged and someone recognized it. Oh, my, yeah, I guess I, I stayed engaged in my community. So, yeah. That's. But that's but that's something that is you know admirable and it and it makes you who you are, Sean. Because I know that you're also involved in many things outside of acting, a lot of charity things and things like that. So it just makes you who you are, and it and it just gives you some sort of um, root from it. Yes. Yeah. You know. I mean. I think these are the wonderful foundations that. Uh, that people get when they grow up in smaller communities um, because you do, like I said earlier, have your family and your friends really close at hand and they're around the block or they're in the neighborhood and grow up like that. Some of those um, simple pleasures that we take for granted, or I certainly take for granted, um, uh, are in there. They're not going anywhere. So, it keeps me grounded here when the chaos of, you know, these metropolitan cities from, from living in Chicago and then New York City and here, uh, the one thing that they've never been able to sort of adjust and or take is, you know, little Michigan boy. So I'm going to try to hang on to that as much as I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's like I said, that's an, that's an admirable thing. That's the one thing that uh, is all, is present in most of, I mean, most of the actors that I've talked to all have that kind of mentality, it seems like. And they're all either from Michigan or Ohio or Kentucky. They're all from that area. And uh, it's interesting because it's different than the Los Angeles mentality completely. Um, With, um, well, with daytime drama (laughs) in the state it's in, obviously, what major changes have you seen over the years as far as, like, because you were on As the World Turns, now you're on Days of Our Lives, and, and As the World Turns was was at least 10 years ago. So what changes have you seen in daytime drama, and do you think that those changes are a result of why daytime is in trouble now? Um, well, first of all, the landscape has, in the 10 years or whatever, has certainly changed. What's accessible to an audience now has certainly changed in the 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years even, right? I mean, people can go from the History Channel to the Style Network to, I mean, oh, my God, to to foreign channels. I mean, it is just it's completely accessible. It's at your fingertips. Um, and now the family dynamic has changed because both people are working, and in many cases you have single mothers who are working their tails off. And they're, you know, so the view, the landscape has changed, and the audiences are changing. Um, 
and the uh, what do I say? The curiosity of what people are looking for has also changed. Um, you know, because now you have all of these informational talk shows also that are popping up everywhere. And rather than get the you know the beautiful thing about um, soap operas is that you can tell these stories that are meaningful, that affect and change, um, or have an impact anyway, on somebody's life. Um, and that's the beauty of soap operas. And now you can get that in an hour dose um, directly from, say, like a doctor or <laughs> whoever the guest is, you know, that they have this advice and these pieces of information that you can either get directly through, say, a talk show, or you can, if you prefer to hear it done through you know, wonderful storytelling, then you go to your soapbox. So, um, I mean, ultimately, I think the landscape has changed and the way we watch and gather information um, as viewers is changing. And the choices, the choices that we have now, even during the day, it, it's not just network television. It's cable and anything you want, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You just have so many choices. I think that's just not, it's not even daytime specific. It is television in general. I mean, primetime television series are changing. I mean, networks, what they were like in 96, their viewerships are down almost 50% just by the very nature of how we watch TV. You know, so it, it's, it is, that is the, you know, the new one used to panic and like, oh my God, that he's still a viable entity and, no, it's just the way we watch TV. Um, tell good, compelling stories, and people will watch, in my opinion. I mean, I, I really do. I think people love really good storytelling. I agree with you. Do you think that, do you believe that daytime has gotten away from that? Um, I think in bits and pieces. I mean, but here's the, the caveat to that is you need a little bit for everybody. So I think if you can artfully balance wonderful storytelling with the beauty and glamour that also makes soap opera, um, you know, that's also quite an appealing thing, certainly abroad. And, but I think something, somewhere in there, it needs to be rooted in reality, which makes it feel and look like it could happen to them, the viewer. You know what I mean? You want a bit of an escapism. You want a bit of a real, a bit of realism. Um, if you can balance that harmoniously and just do that, that would be a delicious show. Um, that is, I think that's the rub. Because then you go off too far in fantasy land. Some people go, I don't understand. It doesn't really relate to me, right? And it's so grounded and rooted in reality. You're like, oh my God, I live here. I need to escape. You know what I'm saying? So that's Absolutely. me. If you can create that show, and I don't, I don't think it just needs to be pretty people, in my opinion. You need to have a little uh, nice buffet that everyone can relate to, in my opinion. You just, it just feels you need a nice buffet so everyone can connect. Someone's got to connect, and that's the beauty. You know, so my daytime, they got such a wide variety of, of characters that you're like, it's great. Like, you know, when you grab demographics, you're like, oh, my God speaks to me, you know, well, this would speak to her and this to him or her. Um, and then you know, you've got a broader range of viewership. Absolutely. I agree. I'd be an It is not that easy to say, not so easy to create. You understand? So, no. I mean, uh, I do this the way I see it in my head. Yeah. Sure. 
when I'm in network executive no. or, or show executive producer, then I'll um I'll put that that theory to the test. So then I'm not one standing judge. Well, I, I think that's I think that's uh, that's a good way of of looking at it though, and uh, that that leads right into my next question. With your character now revealed as Maggie's son now. How yeah. different is that making, and wow, what changes and challenges your character is going to go through now? Because you can already see yeah. that there is a major, he's having major turmoil with this new information. Well, yeah, just because she's your biological mother doesn't make it your mother, from my point of view, right. and the way I wanted to tell the story from um, Daniel's eyes. Um. You know, your mother's the one who took care of you and raised you and changed your diaper and got you to school and fed you from this character's point of view. Because I think that's more interesting. And now I've got a conflict because Maggie is the quintessential mother. Who wouldn't want her as a mother, right? That's easy. Right. Um, so I think it's changed in many aspects. And the Daniel's been on the fringe, you know, since I've been on the show. There's real, there isn't really anything that grounds him. Um, but I do think that's representative of life. I think there are people out there that, that don't, they're looking for some roots and some family in a home, and he doesn't have that, right? So okay. I think the one thing that is done for him, because now he has a daughter, he doesn't know how to be a father, he's not a great father, and, you know, certainly, um, you know, uh, he's trying to raise a, a, a wonderful young lady, but he doesn't even have a template for that. He doesn't have a woman in his life that he can keep in the street. So it's very <laughs> difficult. And now you have Maggie, who is such a grounding force, but yet he's resisting that. You know, and I think I've got yeah. you know, so many choices. I mean, some of it is to protect his daughter, who has already had an unconventional family upbringing. You know, he, she grew up with a pimp, and he and he's trying to be the best father. And he's like, I'm not going to just let you, you know, jump from family to family. I don't know what it is what a family is yet, but I'm going to protect you and not allow you to be hurt. And because she's, you know, she's the idealist. She just, yes, let's do it. This is great. I love it. Let's go. I want to, I want to, and certainly Daniel's a little more, has more reservations about it, which I think, is and, 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 and ultimately you want to be, I want it to reflect, you know, I quite often jokingly say with, with Molly that, you know, <laughs> Jonas is of the black sheep family. Um, because they don't really they really belong. They haven't really belonged. Maggie gives them that cachet. You know what? They do belong uh, as, a, as a, um, a piece of the Salem pie. Um, but it needs to be something different. It needs to be express um, uh, some part of society, you know, because Bone Hope do a wonderful job with family and everybody does. You know, this I, we have to find a different color that speaks to somebody. You know, right? Or I think they would be irrelevant. Um, and they have given us this great story for a reason, and, and I'll work my ass off to make the most. Well, you, uh, I have to say that Daniel is definitely portraying that he is definitely fighting it, uh, and so it is interesting because you can see from as a viewer, you can see that you have a loyalty to your mother that raised you. And that's kind of, I think, what the rub is right now 
for Daniel, and it's very interesting, and I, I, I have to, you know, applaud you for the choices you're making as an actor because it's definitely coming through um, loud and clear. Well, thank you. Well, I mean, I mean, you're Maggie, so <laughs> sweet, and you know, it, it, it just gives her something as well to fight for. Because it would be, you know, I don't want to put it in a nice little pretty bow because I don't think every family is wrapped up in a nice pretty package. I just don't. And I think, you know, for a character who doesn't really, is truly trying to come to terms with what is a family and be a family man to his daughter, and I think ultimately really is driven in many aspects to give her a wonderful family. And that's what he thought he had with Chloe. And that's what he thought he was going to have with Jennifer. And it's just, it's just not happening. So right. he's a character who's searching... You know, and, the, and the show is rooted in family. And mm-hmm. he doesn't fully grasp that or understand it or doesn't view it as a conventional um, idea. Or, I mean, just the way he is himself is trying to put his life together. But right. It just keeps falling apart. So with each little piece of information or piece of um, a part of the journey that he's been on, shatters I, that idea of what he thought was a family. He, you know, he thought he'd get married. He thought he had a kid. Oh, great, I finally got a family. Oh, my God, I have a kid. Um, you know, from a one-night stand, all right, I'll make the most of that. I'm going to make that a family. Well, that didn't work out. That has its troubles. All right, well, great. Okay, Jennifer, great. You know, her husband's gone or whatever, and, and she's divorced, I'm divorced. Okay, maybe this is something. She understands family. She's part of the biggest family on the show in Salem, the Horton family. So she grasped it. So, you know, even that started to shatter and sh- shattering. Um, so it's uh, it, it's like under his hands, he just or sands through his hands on that. Rather than through an hourglass, it's through his hands. Um, right. <laughs> um, I think it's an honest reflection of what really happens in the world. I I I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. Um, has there been any? Actor or actress that made such an impact on you uh, personally as well as professionally, like someone that has been like your mentor and has always kind of made you think in those terms, always professionally and personally. Um, you know what? There, I, I read. I was reading an article and I don't know if it was an actor or an artist or somebody had a mentor. Um, and, I, and I was thinking, well, okay, who is mine? How does that work? And I think I have taken bits and pieces and hopefully have shared pieces of myself as well with the variety of actors that I have worked with and or watched on screen or actors or directors or writers or anybody I've come into contact with people on, on the planet, I can tell you, that I run into um, that I'm just like, oh, my God, you are such a fascinating human being and, you know, a little piece of that comes with me and, that's a whole piece of me has been left with them. So there isn't any one specific person, and it's just been, I just remember, I think certainly for daytime, when I arrived in New York City, uh, as the world turns, had a lot of veteran actors, a lot of theatrical actors. I mean, these are brilliant, gifted, award-winning actors, and I would just sit back and I would watch their process and watch how they learned and and watch them um, stumble and laugh through some of the rehearsals. And I'm like, I don't understand. How could you laugh and rehearse? You gotta get, you know, and then I understood their process. And I asked, I would ask a lot of questions and 
you know, I would beat myself up and watching the show. I'm like, oh, my God, how could I possibly make that choice? It just doesn't make sense to me. What was I thinking? And I still do that. You know, like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? And, we, and I, I think it was Kathleen Widow's, uh, I remember her character name. She was a uh, state oh, character. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but um, lovely, lovely woman. She was the fireball of energy. And she could see me just, you know, working my tail off, trying to get this fix, figure this animal out, and I'm beating myself up. And she just really, she put me aside and said, listen, you've got to stop being so hard on yourself. I mean, the part of the, the the glory, the beauty of this genre is that we do work at such a fast pace, and we do need to learn how to think on our feet. And it, and it forces you, me, Sean, to bring what's authentic to me in that moment, because I can't sit down over and analyze it like an acting class or like you're on a film set. Well, you know, if we did it or not, maybe we try, let's do 20 more takes so we can get the nuance. We don't have that time. We don't have that luxury. So you have to dig, dig, dig deep within you and bring what's true and real to you. That's it. And walk away and go, you know what? That's the choice that I made in that moment with that kind of time constraint. It's like doing improv. You know, some of it falls flat on its face. And that's all right. But it's that honest moment that you made there. That's it. It's not a right or wrong choice. It's not something you need to pound and beat yourself up. Now, certainly you would want to make um, better choices uh, or evolve as an artist, but you just, you know, not just, I can beat myself up daily about this stuff. And I just, fortunately, through meeting people like Kathleen Winnows and every actor I've worked with, uh, learned what to do and what not to do. That's a, that's a beautiful thing to say that you you hope that you take something from them and you keep a piece of them and you hope that they take a piece of you, anybody you've worked with. I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it because we learn from people every day. Yeah, I agree. Not just actors, but people in your lives, in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, well, so you just had a solo event on Friday night, this last Friday night before the annual Day of Days event with the cast at Universal City Rock. How is that different than the cast event? I so enjoyed the Friday event. An intimate gathering of a group of people who decided to come and have dinner and drinks, and we sat outside, and it it felt honestly like a fireside chat, which is the way I love to, to, to communicate. Um, it was far greater than I anticipated. I got nervous. I'm like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know. I mean, and, you know, how, how is this going to go? And how are they going to be satisfied? And will they be happy? And how can I, you know, uh, get my attention to everyone? Because that's just me. It's not a whole cast. And, and how is this, I mean, I don't know, how is this going to work? Um, but it was extraordinary, the group of people that came. And I would do this again. In, in, in any city that I go to, and uh, if everything coordinates right, and we were talking a little bit before about it, about making something like this happen, um, because I did, I got to know people, and I would talk to them, and they talked to me about their lives and their children and what they were doing and what do they do, and and um, I love that. I mean, like, listen, I'm, we're having an interview, right? So I'm going <laughs> to talk about me. Well, it can be a strange format because I would prefer to have a conversation where I talk and then, and then you talk and then 
you know, it's not it's exchanging of thoughts and ideas and experiences or whatever they are. That's what we got to do on top of that okay. next to a fire. So um, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. And, and days of days was different. It is a, a right. enormous amount of people. You do your couple minutes, you get the chance, not even a couple minutes, my goodness, you get a chance to say hello and goodbye or take a picture as quickly as you can. Um, and it doesn't have, doesn't resonate as much, but it is gratifying in a different way. So I would definitely do uh, another intimate private event uh, again. Yeah. See, so so everyone's heard it here now. Sean will be having another one. I can honestly say that it was exactly. one of the best events I've ever been to uh, because oh, we were you. we were able to really, I mean, and and you gave yourself to everybody, and you gave you know you wanted to know about them as well, and that's something you don't normally hear, and it doesn't normally happen. So uh, we applaud you for that, and uh, it was it, it was. Like I said, it was one of the best events, and if you get a chance to have a solo event with Sean Christian, it is well worth it. Well worth it. Well, thank you. You will not be doing PR for every event. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Uh, Okay, so you have some new films coming out soon. Uh, Mating Dance with Chris Pine and John Hawks in Small Town Saturday Night. And this is what caught my eye, which is the independent film you co-directed, executive produced, and starred in, Spanners. Now, doing this all at once, what kind of experience was that like for you uh, doing an independent film and doing all of those, having all of those different hats on? How was that, what kind of experience was that? Uh, it was awesome. I do like the executive producer role. I like that, um, the filmmaker role. There's something about helping others paint a bigger picture because as an actor, you paint your part of the world, right? Like, okay, we're doing a canvas or a film or whatever. This is my part in this big picture. It's great. But then to be able to influence and have an impact on other parts, with other actors or other artists and go, oh, I love what you're doing. Can we try more of this? Let's try this. Let's do that. Now, you know, the other side of that is I'm still in the middle of filming this thing and I've got a screen uh, Monday night that I've got an, edited, an editing screening that we're going to do. Um, and then we have a couple more days to shoot yet. Um, and then some voiceover work. So it is a longer process where I like to, the beauty, like I say, even with any other film or um, in the daytime, as you get in, you paint, you're done. Great, moving on, what's next? Um, I like that idea. It's only going to stick around for a little while. So, um, but on the set, to act, and then do co-direct. Now, John Moss directed most of it, but he's very technical, and he likes to see things in his head. And he goes, Sean, can we get the actor to do this? Let's work on this. Can we, can we talk to the actor or whatever? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I would, in, in, in the opening sequence, you know, I, I, I directed that. Um, he was going, and he, uh, so that was my baby. And and then to be, he's like, all right, we have a meeting. I want you to take off your actor's hat, put on your executive producer's hat. we got to think about that. I'm like, all right, cool. So 
I have a lot more to do with this project, uh, which is great. But it is, it is a lot of rewiring and wiring. It's, it's, it's an independent, right? So it is one of these great little experiments, experiences that you try to put together. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't really have any expectations other than to just do it and enjoy it, be challenged by it. That's it. It has to be gravy. If it ever makes a film festival, awesome. If it doesn't see the light of day, I'll live. You know what I mean? So, but I would right. hope it does. I hope I create a compelling enough um, story. I didn't write it. I don't want to say I created the story. Um, but it turns out to be uh, an interesting film. I mean, it is, uh, but to try to do a bit of science fiction mixed with mythology with no special effects is a challenge. <laughs> so, but I think I hope, that, um, you know, like, look, we don't have we don't have that kind of budget. So in an indie sort of way, flying by the seat of our pants on a budget, how do we make this work? And I can certainly tell you that the actors that, that participated, phenomenal. They were just, they, they came, they knew the schedule we were on, delivered. I mean, English actors, it just it came in and blew me away. I was like, you actually came ready. Had a booklet of backstory before we even begin. Nice. That's awesome. Beautiful. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. And you would do it again, apparently. I would definitely do it again. I, if someone gives me the right project and I've now written my own, or I'm in the middle of writing, I've written a few, so I'm now in the middle of actually going through um, producer notes on a project that I'd uh, written. So I'm re-editing that now, and I would hope, and I'm trying to shop that and talk to people about it. And I'm going to put that in the universe, and we'll see what happens. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm do it again. I, I, I'd like to uh, be, uh, I do like the executive producer to help out, to just to, to, to oversee and put it all together somehow. Directing was great, too. I enjoyed that. But there are okay, so we'll put it out. Really oh yes. Well, I can I can imagine that you would be a, you would be a great director and a producer because you've been an actor for so long, so you know pretty much every aspect of a film, or you know every like um, every role because as an actor, you get to see all of it. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and I don't know so how, that, I guess, my level of uh, success was yet to be determined, but I certainly love them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just took my, my last my last question out, which was, uh, do you have Uh-oh. any new projects you can tell us about? <laughs> I'm in the middle of typing. You want to hear me type? Listen. There it goes. You ready? I, I probably just screwed up. I probably just deleted 50 lines. There you go. Just deleted myself out of the scene. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's it. My keyboard okay, that'll wrap up on our. There you are. There you are. Um, well, I, I got, I got your your last question. Thank you so much for taking the time with us um, on Media oh, Night Deborah, Radio. Thank you, thank you Deborah, very, thank very you. much. I'm glad we got to make this happen. We will do it again soon. Me too. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be in touch. And I'll send you the link for the um, 
for the interview so you can put it up on your Twitter as well. Please do. Please do. Um, I, I definitely Yeah, send it. I haven't gotten them. I'm so far behind on Twitter, I can't even tell you. So <laughs> send it to my manager before I get it. But I'll get it and send it. Okay, yeah, I, I certainly will. I'm leaving for Kentucky right, or not right now, like right after the or tomorrow. Oh. Yes, I got a little nice. telethon tomorrow in Kentucky. Yep. Yep. For, uh, oh, wow. So people should tune in in Kentucky. You'll be on. You'll be, will people will people will. be able to see you then? Uh, okay, so people in Kentucky, check it out. I think it's telethonofthestars.org is the website. Telethonofstars.org. Yeah, that's the website. Awesome. Um, yeah, all of the uh, the money will go to the four charities in four different states or in the surrounding areas of Missouri and Kentucky and Illinois and Tennessee. Yeah. And all, all these centers deal with children's disabled diseases or disabled children and their diseases and the adults. And uh, with the primary focus actually on the adults to help them cope. So, um that's pretty cool. I'm excited. That's one. We'll be up to two in the morning raising money. But yeah. Telethonofstars.org. Check it out. Everybody tune in in Kentucky and, and watch Sean and, and call in and make a donation. And uh he will he will be grateful for it. And uh Sean does a lot of uh charitable causes and uh one of one of the best guys I've ever I've ever known. So uh, please tune in, and and uh, we'll see you again on Media Night. Thanks again, Sean, for spending this time with us. I am this broadcast. Have a, have a great night, everyone. Uh, <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.